listening to Awake in Relationship, a podcast about intimacy, community, and culture in a time of great change, with Silas Rose. listener. My name is Silas Rose, and this is Awakened Relationship. Every now and then, usually when the uh, spirit moves me, I'd like to publish a short monologue, which I call On Air. I use this as a reflective pause, where I uh, get to dig a little bit deeper into some of the topics I cover on the show with guests, and also current events that impact the quality of our relationships. I'm sure many listening can relate to a sense of uh, utter heartbreak as we witness a new hot war in the Middle East and the senseless loss of innocent life. If I've learned anything in the past month since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, it's that the uh, history of this conflict is incredibly complex, and good and evil are almost indistinguishable in the fog of war. Even in the best of times, our ability to handle complexity and nuanced or paradoxical thoughts and feelings really has been kind of compromised in the age of social media. As someone of a Jewish-Canadian descent, I really find myself pulled in multiple directions right now. The war in Gaza has really ignited a political firestorm the Jews vis-a-vis the Jewish state are at the heart of it. For most of my adult life, I really lived in ignorance of my Ashkenazi heritage. I had the luxury of growing up in Canada, which is really a, a peaceful and prosperous land, where for the most part, a plurality of religious, ethnic, and cultural views coexist without violence. My mother whose family came from Sweden and Scotland, converted to uh, Judaism shortly before I was born. This is probably to uh, appease my father's parents. My father, on the other hand, grew up in a very strict Orthodox home, speaking Yiddish for the first four years of his life. I think it's safe to say both my parents were relatively agnostic. They were intellectuals and artists. So the Jewish faith was really conspicuously absent from my home. In fact, I might go so far as to say there was an unspoken code of silence around my Jewish identity and my family's history. I didn't really start to explore this until I left home, and I became aware of a unreconcilable and uh, all-encompassing grief that possessed me. It was like the gravity of a distant planet pulling me into its orbit. Later on in therapy, I've come to refer to this feeling as my heavy Jewish karma. In my early 20s, I eventually ended up doing some therapeutic retreats at a center on Gabriel Island in BC called Haven. On the first day of the program, I showed up in my usual scruffy attire at the time, which included a gray Stanfield work shirt, 
and a pair of train conductor overalls that had stripes on them. I was pretty skinny back then. I also had a shaved head and a scruffy beard. So in a moment of a radical honesty, which was kind of big back in the 90s, one of the participants commented to me that I looked like a concentration camp survivor. In the moment, I didn't take this comment as an insult, but the words landed hard. Because for the first time, my mysterious grief had some context. My grandparents immigrated to Canada sometime in the early 1930s with the help of my dad's uncle, who was a fishmonger in Toronto and Kensington Market. Sadly, I know very little about the family that remained in eastern Poland. All I have is a few tattered photos with the Yiddish scribbled on the back. Presumably, they met their ultimate fate in Auschwitz, along with a million other Jews, Roma, and Soviet prisoners of war. I can only imagine how it was for my grandparents to witness the horrors of the Holocaust from afar. The unspoken code of silence that followed was like a sarcophagus enshrining a most exquisite wound. Even today, it's a place I rarely enter by choice. But lately, it's been impossible to ignore. These days, I think almost every family system has some version of an unspeakable truth. Perhaps you can relate. The difficult work of healing really involves bringing these generational patterns of suffering and trauma into the light. However, the light or awareness is insufficient. We have to have the courage to interrupt these patterns. Most of human history is stained with the blood of trauma warfare and religious violence. Only recently have we had the luxury to imagine something different or form an opinion on the morality of war. These days, as we know, opinions are mass-produced and easy to share. In addition to the kinetic war happening in Gaza, there's also an information war being waged online that's profoundly polarizing in a most familiar way. The only winners in that war are the algorithms that use our outrage to keep eyeballs on screens. In this regard, I'm very much a conscientious objector, opting out of the war boards. Now's the time to hold space for the complexity of our emotions and tend to old wounds. It's the only place where we have agency to interrupt the cycle of violence. I recently did an interview with Mark Silver, who's a business coach, but also holds a master's in divinity and is a practicing Sufi. In this conversation, he talked about the practice of remembrance, which is recalling the name of God or the divine in times of stress and great uncertainty. I really see this as a call to never give up on the possibility of finding a greater peace, love, and sanity, not in spite of the darkness, but because of it. Thanks so much for tuning in, dear listener. Till next time, stay connected.
tuning in to this episode of Awake in Relationship. If you liked what you heard, please click subscribe to get the latest show delivered fresh to your device or sign up for our newsletter at awakeinrelationship.com. Sharing is caring. 